Hi, this is a special introduction to the 50th episode of Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. I am Ron Kaiser, and I wanted to have this special introduction before beginning the podcast to, number one, thank those many of you who have been listening. I hope you've been getting a lot out of these podcasts, and I really want it to be as helpful for you as possible. So I encourage you to please visit my website, contact me, ron.kaiser at thementalhealthgym.com. Let me know what things you've liked or want more of on the podcasts, and please recommend new guests or repeat guests. Today's podcast will feature one of the very few repeat guests that I've had. Allison Donaghy is a really super guest and has a lot of common sense and ways of dealing with things that make so much sense that you wonder, why didn't I think of that first? So we're going to welcome Allison in just a few moments. But I do want to take this opportunity to encourage you to, in addition to listening to and downloading the podcast, I hope that you will rate and review the podcast on iTunes or any place else where you're listening. The only way that a podcast grows is with outreach, and I'm encouraging you, my loyal listeners, to help me with the outreach by rating the podcast and letting me know how the first 50 went and what you'd like for the next 50 and more. And while I've got your attention, let me just say one thing about Allison's podcast. We agree on almost everything, but at one point in the podcast, she's a little too easy on people who don't wear masks or discourage people from doing so. I do agree with her that any conversation around this should be civil, but let's get this pandemic over with. So in addition to enjoying the podcast, when you get out, wear your mask, let's do all the right things that in many cases are also the legal things to get things going in the right direction. And now let's enjoy my interview with Allison. I know I did. Welcome to Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. This is the podcast designed to help you lead your life enthusiastically today, tomorrow, and every other day. I am your host, Ron Kaiser. I'm a positive health psychologist and also author of the award-winning and best-selling book, Rejuvenating the Art and Science of Growing Older with Enthusiasm. My website is The Mental Health Gym. That's www.thementalhealthgym.com. It's your source of information for positive psychology, goal-achieving psychology, rejuvenating, and all kinds of wellness-oriented things we hope that you'll visit frequently. This is a special podcast. It actually is special in a couple of ways. Number one, this is number 50, my 50th podcast, and I am grateful to all of you who have listened and kept it going and made me inspired enough to keep doing these. As you know, most podcasts involve having a really interesting and informative guest who 
leads his or her life enthusiastically and can help us do the same. For the 50th podcast, we really needed somebody special. And I was really happy to have one of my favorite people, Allison Donaghy, to help us celebrate number 50. Allison was the second guest I had on a podcast. And I have to tell you, Allison, that yours is one of the really popular ones because of the subject matter and what you actually preach and teach. And, you know, almost a year later, I still have often young women who are struggling with some of the issues that you address who have listened to all or many of the podcasts and really have had really good things to say about not just what you've had to say, but how you've influenced them. We're really thrilled that we have Allison here. Now, Allison is a happiness hacker. This dates me, but I remember when I was going to career days in high school and so on, never had a happiness hacker come and talk to us. So we're going to have to find out a little bit about what that is. Allison believes that worthiness is the foundation of everything that we do. We can connect with our worth internally and have a strong foundation in life, or we can connect with it externally and have a foundation that, she says, is built on sand. Life is truly more remarkable when we can learn to reclaim the worth we were born with. Some people may have a hard time being in touch with that, and Allison's going to help us. Allison has a background of psychology, criminology, sociology, and probably more important, she was a single mom on welfare when she started her business and developed it to the point where she has a tremendous following and is also an international best-selling author. So, Allison, I don't need to tell you how thrilled I am that you've agreed to be my guest on the 50th podcast. And even if it wasn't the 50th, I'd be thrilled to be talking with you again. Oh, I just love sharing space with you. There is just something about you that makes me just want to be a better person. And I'm just so completely honored to be able to be here and spend more time with you. So thank you for thinking of me. It was almost, you know, kind of natural. When I thought <laughs> of who I want for number 50, it just popped up. I think, well, again, I mentioned the fact that many people have listened to the second podcast that I had done with you as a guest. I think it was actually number four, but two of them were introductory ones without any guests. But I just was wondering if we could take just a few minutes for those who are newbies to you and run by your background a little bit for us and how you got to be who you are. <laughs> oh, through trial and tribulation. You know, there's so many things that happen in our life that contribute to who we are and who we become. And I found that for the longest time, I was just being really influenced and feeling like I was a byproduct of life and that I had no choice in it, that I had no say, that I had no influence. And I think I talked about when I was raped in high school on your last show, 
And, you know, these things would happen to me and I just never knew how to make them stop. And finally, I guess I was about 30 years old when I finally realized that I was playing a part in my life. And no matter what I thought about that, no matter how horrible I thought everybody was treating me and what a victim I was and poor me, that I was engaged in the experience and I was co-creating what had happened. And that includes when I was sexually assaulted in high school. And it wasn't until I got to that place where I understood that I co-created everything that happened in my life without shame, without blame, and certainly without letting people off for bad behavior, because this is not what that is. This is about saying, I made a series of choices that took me down this path. And therefore, I am responsible for my part in that outcome, not their part, not the whole thing, just my part. And then I started playing around with it. And I had people reach out and say, what does that mean? How do I do that? And then that got me on this path of worthiness. And then I realized, you know, at the end of the day, we just want to be happy. And so I'm trying to figure out how we can just hack our happiness so that when these things happen, like COVID and the world goes crazy on us or a partner leaves us or a child doesn't do what we want them to do, how do we still stay in this place of being happy? And it comes down to not giving our worth away. I have a feeling that you're not going to give me the answer I want for the next one. I assume it wasn't that some great psychologist helped you to see the way. But I'm wondering, when you, when you got to be 30, what would you do? Did you wake up one morning and decide you're going to be happy or not a victim? Or I mean, I assume there was some kind of evolution, uh, whether it be a particular event or series of things, or whether you studied some for it, or mm. I guess I've asked it enough ways. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, not a psychologist, not saying that they don't play an important role in all of this because they absolutely, you do. For me, I was living with a guy and he had relapsed into drug addiction and he was uh, an IV hardcore cocaine addict and I lived with him for six years and my life was horrible. I felt like a terrible mother for bringing my son into the situation. There was so much shame wrapped around all of it. I couldn't talk to my family about it. I wasn't really welcome there with my problems. And to be truthful, I had no idea how horrible it was. So I certainly didn't expect other people to be able to understand how horrible it was. And then in 1999, he died. And I thought, what do I do? I had all of his drug debt that I still needed to pay off. He was a painter. So he had taught me how to paint. And so I thought, well, I'm just going to start my own house painting company. He did it. How hard could it actually be? And it was stepping into that taking ownership of my life, that moving away from welfare, knowing that I was never going to be able to feed my kid and do the things I wanted to with him while working retail somewhere. And so I started my business and it was that step in that direction of owning the outcome of my choices that made all of the difference in the world. Do you still have the painting company? I do. I do. 20 years and going strong. My son is very involved in it. So I feel very fortunate about that. Not to say there's not ups and downs around that as well, because it's, it's challenging working with a family member. 
and his dreams are not the same as my dreams and his motivation for being in the business is not the same from like for me I needed it to put food on the table he doesn't have that problem and so it's uh, it, it's an interesting journey <laughs> well that sounds really really exciting to be looking back at I assume it wasn't that exciting you know as as we're going through it but you should be really 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 proud of yourself but you are kind of highlighting something that we deal with on a regular basis in the positive psychology field. Many people get to the point of getting from kind of going in reverse to finally getting to neutral. But you've gone into drive. And I guess the question that comes to mind is the one that I raised in the introduction. You call yourself a happiness hacker. What makes you different than, say, somebody who has gotten through some of this stuff and is, well, happiness is not necessarily part of their definition? Mm. Well, I think it comes back to our worthiness, really. And, you know, we're either going to get our worth internally, I'm okay regardless of what is happening out there, or I'm going to try to get it from you. Because, Ron, if I can get you to agree with me, I have value, right? And if I can get you to say just the right thing that I feel better about myself, now I feel good about it. If you disagree with me, I can argue with you and make you feel small about your opinion, and I get to feel powerful. And so these are some of the ways we try to get our external worth. But every single step of that way, you are giving your happiness over to somebody else. You are giving them the keys to the car, the steering wheel, and you are saying, take my life wherever you want to take it because I'm handing it all over to you. And when I realized that when you can reclaim your worth, you don't just reclaim your worth, you reclaim your happiness because you're no longer relying on other people to give it to you. And when I look at the things that I've done in my life, it's all come down to this don't let other people decide who you are because when you decide who you are, that's where your happiness lives. And so the way I run my painting company, it's really, really customer-centered so that they get the best possible experience going through a renovation that's happening in their life. They get the education. They can make informed choices. And then through that business, I help people understand how to pick and choose colors for their home. Because color in our environment has a massive impact on our levels of happiness. And so even that was really about empower yourself, know that you know, and don't give your happiness away to somebody else and let them tell you what you like. And then when I started working on the worthiness stuff, it's that same thing. It's that how do you get empowered to take back your happiness and the steering wheel of your own car? Is it easier for somebody if they've had their worth taken away from them later on than say if they grew up in a household where they were demeaned from the beginning or you know once you've had it taken away is it a challenge regardless of when it happened that is a really good good question and i think it's as individual as we are I think for some people, they can grow up in that household, never have to give it a second thought, and they relish in there. Like, they do so well, and they just reach in all of these things they ever want to do, and they just become these really full people. And then you have other people in that same situation who become timid and scared and go through life as a victim. And I, so I think it's a difficult question to ask because we're all so different, and we're going to internalize it differently. 
I imagine if a person has a strong sense of worth, then has something happen to them that takes that away, it might be easier to get back to a place of worthiness, internal worthiness, because they know what it feels like. Mm-hmm. It is hard for those of us who had a really challenging upbringing and things happened to us at a really young age to know what that means because we didn't experience it when we were younger. But there is a hack for that. (laughs) If you look at a newborn baby, what are you going to think? Are you going to think, whoa, this is incredible. A sperm and an egg made this, which is microscopic, and yet here is this human being in my hands. Or are you going to look at that baby and go, yeah, no, not a miracle, Mm -hmm. right? You're not going to say that. And so if you can say that about another child, another human being, a puppy, a duck, I don't care. If you can look at a new precious born anything and go, wow, and marvel in the miracle of that, that is that feeling that you need to have for yourself because you were that miracle. You are that miracle. I'm amazed at your ability to make this stuff concrete and (laughs) explain it in such a way that's so meaningful. Let me bring up something that I guess two or three months ago, maybe even a little longer, I would throw in something in the podcast, a question about while we're temporarily going through this coronavirus pandemic, you know, maybe you can give us some advice for how to handle things for the next, you know, month or two until everything stabilizes. We now (laughs) know that... uh, This is a really ambiguous time in life. Uh, And not only that, but nobody studied for this. Nobody studied to be in this position. And for many people, it becomes very easy to fall into a negative role. First of all, you know, being pretty much confined in some way, depending where you live more than, than others, In some cases, I mean, I've known people in in the restaurant industry who've had to close. I mean, certain, uh, you know, in Philadelphia, for example, you still can't dine inside. And I think when they open it, if they do, it'll be like 25% of capacity. That's one of the fields where, again, it, it doesn't make financial sense to continue. The notion of, you know, loneliness when People were used to going out socially as well as having their workplace be a form of socialization. So the notion of feeling, hey, I didn't cause this, and now I've got to deal with it, and I haven't even mentioned in some cases where there may be illness on top of it because, you know, the numbers are pretty high. So this seems to be in your ballpark. How? What can you advise to people who, you know, never saw themselves particularly as victims, but weren't prepared for this and now, you know, are experiencing some real self-doubt with no obvious end in sight. Yeah, yeah, well, great question. And, you know, the struggle is real. I think it's so important that we know that this is a legit struggle we're going through. And all of the positive affirmations in the world is not going to change the fact that this is a struggle. And people are sitting there in a lot of caca trying to work their way through the sludge. And so it is going to be challenging. And I think there's a few things that we can do to offset that. 
one, we could always read Viktor Frankl's book, Man's Search for Meaning, right? Mm -hmm. The man is in a, a concentration camp and he still got to figure out how to choose who he is and how he showed up. And so if anybody hasn't read that, it's an excellent book yeah, that helps. I would recommend it too. Yeah. And then Dr. Evelyn Eva Egger, she wrote one called Choices and she went through Auschwitz when she was 16 years old. And she in later life moved to the States and met Viktor Frankl. And her book is a beautiful book as well from a different perspective, same, same, but different. And when we can start seeing that there is a pain out there different than ours, sometimes it's a little bit easier for us to go, okay, this is not as bad as it could get. So what can I do to find the silver lining? And maybe it is about exploring that part of you. I had to, that part that maybe overspent a little bit, maybe had a few too many pairs of shoes, <laughs> right? And maybe my life would be a bit different if I had saved that money and invested it. So now going forward, it has given me a really good perspective on how I'm spending my money and how easy it is to not spend it if that's what I choose to do because I couldn't go to the house for months and so therefore there was no spending happening. So trying to figure out what is, what's the light shining on because there's a light shining on something in your life. It's happening to all of us. It's just different for different people. For me, it was sort of an awakening on how I was spending my money. Try to figure out where that biggest light is and then go, oh, thanks for shining a light on something that I get to work on. And just that simple act of gratitude saying, thank you for showing me my part in this really gives the sense of freedom. And it's that acknowledging our part that, feeds our internal worth because it means that we are seeing all of us in the fact that we have co-created this. And when we see ourselves, we blossom. And the same holds true for somebody else. So you know when you're walking down the street and you see somebody and you catch eye with them and you look at them, you really look at them and you say, hi, how are you? And they know they've been seen. Everything changes about them. And it's this gift that you give people and it's a gift you can give yourself too. So when you're understanding what your part in something is, it's actually a gift you give yourself to step into a better version, to take ownership of, to see that part of yourself that made the choices that you made. So if we're talking about choices as well, one of the really important things to do is to stay in your own lane when it comes to choices and not trying to make choices for other people. As soon as we step out and say, you need to do this, if you don't wear a mask, I don't feel safe, we are taking that internal worth that we've been trying to build up and we are turning it externally saying, hey, Ron, if you behave the way I want you to behave, I'm going to feel safer. I'm going to have less fear. Now my safety and fear is solidly placed on your ability to wear a mask or not wear a mask. Now, no, I am not advocating one side or the other when it comes to wearing a mask. You do you. Um, but what I'm saying is I'm seeing an awful lot of this telling each other how we're supposed to behave. And as soon as we step into that arena, we are giving our worth away. We are giving our happiness away. And it is a really slippery slope right now on that. Yeah, and unfortunately, there's so much going on the way the the world and politics and everything is so polarized. It's, this isn't the only area where 
people feel the need to tell others how they should be thinking and behaving. So, Oh, for sure. And, you know, there needs to be this awareness that we are sharing space on this rock that's floating through space. Like, we're all in here together. And I think it's important to have an awareness about how other people may be reacting to us and not reacting to us. And you can take that into consideration and then do what's best for you. It's going through that day. If you don't want to vote for Trump, don't vote for Trump. If you want to, do it. But we need to stop thinking we have the right to tell other people what they're supposed to be doing. That gives away all of our happiness. That gives away all of our power and puts it in somebody else's hands. Well, underlying everything that you're saying is kind of the notion that we need to be active in how we're treating ourselves and what we're planning for ourselves. I've always told people it's very difficult to be active and depressed at the same time. It's very difficult to be forward-looking and depressed at the same time because you're focusing on something that's not blaming yourself or criticizing your, your lack of worth and so on. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I just think it's really good advice that you're passing on, as you always do. Which leads me to the question of, well, I'm sure people will pick up some good points from this podcast. I know that people have benefited from more intense work with you. So while we will have it in the show notes too, can you tell us a little bit about some of the the projects that you've got and some of the ways in which people can be in touch with your work more intensely. Yeah, for sure. So my big, my program that I'm really, I'm excited about all my stuff right now, but the one I'm really excited about is the Worthiness Program, Reclaim Your Worth. And you can find it on my website, dominothinking.com. And it can be done a variety of different ways. You can do it in a cohort where you can sign up and have weekly one-on-one or group meetings talking about the content. You can do it by yourself, totally self-led. You can do it with private coaching with me, whatever's going to work. But it's an eight-week process, and I ask people to do it over eight weeks because these concepts take time to think about. The actual work itself is not that time-consuming, but the concepts it's important to let those, it's like a good wine, right? You gotta let it sit. (laughs) So it's the same with these ideas. The same with most ideas is that you're given a concept and then you have a week to think about it and implement it in a worksheet. And then you go on. But it really is about connecting and understanding why you do the things you do, where your pay value is, because there is a pay value in everything. There's a payoff. You go to work so you can get a check. There's a payoff, right? Mm -hmm. And everything we do in our life is based on that, including our worthiness. And so this process helps people understand how to put their worthiness as a priority and package it in a way that the payoff is stronger to be staying in this worthiness state than a lack of worth state. Good. Well, I always come up with kind of a dumb question. and uh, (laughs) I doubt it. Probably... Probably more than one, but I'm wondering, you know, I'm not sure that at least whether some people who need this kind of work necessarily recognize or or relate to the concept of worth or worthiness or lack of worthiness. What should somebody be experiencing? You know, let's assume that they're 
it's one thing if you're going through a particular crisis, but yeah. for many people that I've worked with, it's more of a lifestyle than a crisis, you know, in terms of feeling not worthy enough. And without any intervention, they can do that indefinitely. But what should somebody be kind of looking at what they're telling themselves or what they're feeling or what they're experiencing to be able to benefit from this? Yeah, it's great. And that is not a dumb question. That is a fantastic question. I've had people having no idea what they were getting involved with when they signed up for my program and flourish. I've had people who have done extensive self-worth for years and taken this process and benefited from it. And I had a woman, she's 20 years, she had her PhD in spirituality, which I didn't know was a thing, but it's a thing. And she took this and she was like, for 20 years I've been studying this stuff and now you've broken it down into eight weeks. Like what? (laughs) If you were saying things to yourself, like it's not my fault. If only they would just do this. What she said to me is my ex fooled around on me. Tell me how I'm not the victim in all of that. And I was like, oh, have a seat. Let's talk about that. (laughs) Uh, So if you hear yourself making these unhappy statements or these statements that are waiting for somebody else to make you happy, I'm going to be happy when I get the job. I'll be happy when I have my next baby. I'll be happy when I have a relationship. And then you get into those places and then you're like, oh, well, my kid's just not as smart as the other kids. Like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. When we start doing that, when we start placing that judgment, hearing all of those things, that is the best time to head over to my website and and check it out. And there's also a free giveaway on my website as well. It's called Brave. And it helps people interrupt that reaction mode. And reaction is it's going to put you into a story and it takes choice away from us. So when we can pause that reaction that we're having, then we can get to a place where we're at choice. And then if we choose to, we can choose worth over lack of worth. And it's just a free giveaway, simple five-step process and it works. Oh, it sounds wonderful. And what is that (laughs) website again? Dominothinking.com. Where did the name come from? (laughs) It's knowing that, you know, when we have one thought, it leads to another, leads to another, leads to another. So we better be a little bit more aware of the thoughts we're having today because they are going to create our tomorrow. They are just going to domino down a path that we may or may not like. But if we don't think about it today and the choices that we're making today, our tomorrow is a crapshoot, right? And it's not saying we can control it. We can control the COVID or anything like that. But when we're making decisions that support our worth, we will actually find ourselves in a more stable position in an unstable environment. Wonderful. One of the things that you mentioned, I think I should point out, there's a a lot of good research that indicates, you know, if you're waiting for something to happen to make you happy, that's not the case. That people who were miserable before and get money, they become miserable, wealthy people instead of miserable, poor people. Until they sabotage that and then run out of money and then they're miserable and poor again. So, I mean, I think the stuff that you're doing has so much meaning and can help so many people. And I hope and trust that people will be streaming to your website and be joining your programs and so on. As you know, I can keep talking to you indefinitely and gain from it. But I think, number one, in order to 
respect your time as well as to make sure that there's stuff for people to, you know, think about, percolate, and hopefully reach out to you. We're going to reach that time where we have to call it quits. It's for a lot of people that corresponds to drive time, which we try and, and fit in. But I think you have to know how much I appreciate any time that we talk and especially appreciate you being my special guest on this special podcast. So well, totally my much. pleasure. Spending time with you is such a treat. So just the world is better with you in it. So thank you for being a part of it. This has been Rejuvenaging with Dr. Ron Kaiser and my special guest, Allison Donaghy. Her website is dominothinking.com and she's got all kinds of options in terms of learning some of the things that can enhance your self-worth and so many people need it these days. So for those of you who are hearing Allison for the first time, I trust and know that it's been very, very both entertaining and helpful podcast. And we look forward to seeing you again in, in our next podcast. And somewhere down the road, I'm sure I'm going to be talking to and inviting Allison once again. It's been great. It's been Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. Remember, my website is thementalhealthgym.com. Please visit, communicate with me, make suggestions, even make suggestions for future guests. And once again, thanks very much, Allison. And enjoy the rest of your day and continue the great work that you're doing. Thank you.